Hallelujah. This is Anthony, Elder Anthony Isro, and I'm coming back to you again with another spiritual warfare. This time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down to you as it actually happened in scripture, okay? Now, what I want you to do is follow what I say. We're going to be talking about the physical appearance of the Hebrew Israelites at the time they was in Egypt. So, without further ado, what I'm going to do is give you an explanation uh, spiritually and also literally through the scriptures. You call it the Bible, me, I call it scriptures. So, what I'm going to do here is begin with the physical appearance of the ancient Israelites, okay? Now, for years, scholars and theologians and archaeologists have debated the answer to the question how did the ancient Israelites look physically although scripture and other historical documents have left a lot of evidence that confirms the physical appearance of the Israelites much of this information is still unknown to the masses the popular belief today among Christians scholars and theologians is people known as the Akhenazi Jews are the direct descendants of the ancient Israelites. But can this be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt? The plain answer is no. Now, the scriptures which will be used as our main source, supported by history and archaeological facts, proves that these Jews are not the physical descendants of the ancient Hebrew Israelites nation. Now, in addition, who the true descendants are, the answer may leave you in shock. Now, Israel is mentioned in scripture over 2,500 times. Now, the scripture contained the Hebrew entire history. In fact, no other people on the face of the earth have such an extensive recorded history not even the ancient Egyptians. Everything we need to know about the ancient Hebrews is control, is contained actually in scripture left. Now, I'm, what I'm gonna do is um, this here. We're gonna examine these facts and information to now to this. This day remains unknown or hidden to many Bible readers. Now this is hidden but it is in scripture and I want you to pay careful attention and I thank you for listening this is spiritual warfare with Anthony Elder Anthony Israel and I just want to thank you again for all the listeners that have tuned in to hear me and to get this information now what I'm trying to do here actually is get the blindness off your eyes okay now we can't be like horses and run the race with blinders we have to see where we're going and where we're at and where we came from, okay? So now I'm going to begin like this, okay? The history of the Israelites began in Egypt, in the land of Ham, as I told you before. They entered Egypt 70 in number, including Joseph, his wife, and his two sons, were already in Egypt and left a numbering over 2 million people. Ancient Israel spent 430 years 
okay, in Egypt for that time, for half that time, they enjoyed good favor with the Egyptians. But for the remainder of those years, they were actually enslaved and horribly treated and mistreated by them. One of the facts scriptures give us about how Israel is in regard to physical appearance throughout scripture, Israel is described as physically looking like the sons of Ham, Quam, in appearance. Ham was one of Noah's three sons that I told you earlier. Shin, Shem, and Yafet were the other two. Noah's descendants repopulated the earth after the great flood. Ham's descendants are traced to the familiar families of Africa. Okay? Known so-called Africa, actually. As I stated before, they are tribes. So we're going to go back over this information again. Cush. Ethiopians, Cushites, and Nubians, Mizraim, Egyptians, Kemet, Put, ancient Somalia, Canaan, the Canaanites, the actually the original inhabitation of the land of Israel in Genesis chapter 10, 6 through 19. Okay, all four Ham's sons and their descendants is settled around the continent, so-called continent of Africa so it states but that too may be a misnomer this includes the so-called Middle East which is also part of the continent of Africa Ham's sons are the people of the African continent so they say now the the ancient Egyptians Ethiopians and Somalia and Canaanites etc etc the Israelites are descendants of Noah's son Shem as we stated earlier through Abraham he is the father of the Hebrew nation. Abraham is the father of Isaac. Isaac is the father of Jacob. And as we told you before, his name, real name is Yaakov. And Yaakov had 12 sons. And three of the sons are the progenitors of the Israelite, 12 actually. And these sons are the progenitor of the Israelite nation. The 12 tribes of Israel is as follows. I'm going to give you the complete breakdown. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. Zebulon, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Asher, Natali, Joseph, and Benjamin. Okay. Each of these, each one of Jacob's sons, or Yaakov, became a tribal nation, which made up the greater nation of Israel. Let's give you an example here. Example, Roman descendants become known as the Rumanite, Rubenites, and Judah's sons, which is not Judah, but Yahuda, descendants became known as the tribe of Judah, and so on and so forth. The nation are the nation of Israel are descendants of Jacob's, whose name was changed to Israel by the Most High. And you can read that in Genesis chapter 32, 28. Now we will begin with the story of Jacob or Yaakov, the youngest son, Joseph and this time in Egypt. Now Joseph is one of the 12 sons of Jacob, Yaakov in Hebrew. Jacob stirred, actually, Sariah, Joseph in his old age. And he was clearly his favorite son, as I told you before. This caused Joseph's brothers to become jealous of him, okay? Now, I told you that story. So ultimately, the jealousy resulted in Joseph being sold to Arab merchants as slaves to Egyptians. Over the course of time, Yosef became the viceroy 
actually the governor of Egypt, and was second in command to Pharaoh in authority. Now, there was a famine in Canaan, where Yaakov, Jacob, and his sons lived. Pharaoh had a dream which Joseph interpreted, and his dream told of the forthcoming famine and gave Egypt an opportunity to prepare by storing food. So Jacob sent his ten sons to Egypt to buy bread. When Joseph's ten brothers came into Egypt, they brought before him, and Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him because he was in an Egyptian gear, of course, and he was in royal attire, looking just like one of the Egyptians. So they just thought he was an Egyptian. Okay. Now, since the ancient Egyptians were a so-called black people, Joseph had to be black also. If Joseph and the Hebrews look like, let's say, Danny Osmond, he portrayed Joseph in a stage play, his brother would have recognized him easily among the black Egyptians. But Joseph's own flesh and blood brothers thought he was an Egyptian. How about that? Now, the ancient Egypt's the Egyptians of Joseph's time was indeed known as we know today as black. This is a fact attested to many. Now. Gerald Massey, English writer and author of the book *Egypt: The Light of the World*, wrote, "The dignity, the dignity, is so ancient that the insignia of the pharaoh eventually belong to the time when Egyptian wore nothing but the guide of the Negro." Hmm, that's on page 25 in his book. Now, and are quite right about the African origin of the Egyptians. I have 100 skulls to prove it. Scientist R. T. Pritchett states in the book *The Natural History of Man*: "In their complex and many other complexions, and in physical peculiarities, the Egyptians were an African race." And now that was page 125 to one, actually 124 to 125. Excuse me. Now, the ancient Greek. Historian had this to say about them. Okay, now in 1883, he wrote to Gerald Massey, "You are quite right about the African origin of the Egyptians. I have 100 skulls to prove it." And there, and now, Richard T. Pritchard actually said, "In their complex and many of the complexions and physical purities, Egyptians, of course." Now, the ancient Greek historian Herodotus, who visited Egypt in the fifth century B.C.E., saw the Egyptian face to face and described them as black-skinned with woolly hair. Anthropologists count. Constantine de Valais. He wrote this in 1727. Spoke about the race of the Egyptian that produced the pharaoh. He later paid tribute to Herodotus' discovery when he said, "This, the fact that the ancient Egyptians were black-skinned, prompted Valais to make the following statement." What a subject for meditation! 
Just think about this. What a subject for meditation. Just think that the race of black men today, our so-called slaves, the object of our scorn, is the very race to which we owe our arts, science, and even the use of our speech. Think about it. Well, one thing I do know for a fact is that the Hebrew language has been around for a very long time. Matter of fact, at one time, we all spoke that the whole world spoke Hebrew. Okay? Now, this was during the time of King Nebuchadnezzar. But what happened, the languages got crossed up because they tried to build into the heavens. Okay, they was building and building and buildings, trying to go higher and higher up in the skies. And it was planning on actually invading heaven. Can you believe that? Okay, so the Most High seen it and act upon it and mixed their languages up. Well, y'all know the story. I'm quite sure y'all well versed in that area where then they started speaking Babel. And Babel, as we know today, you speaking in Babel, you speaking a language I don't understand. You're just babbling. And I don't know what you're talking about. Okay? So that's basically what that was. So they all started speaking different languages according to their nation and their kind. As I stated before, it says nation. It says nothing about race. Race was never a thing. In the ancient times, it was nations, okay, depending upon your nations. Didn't say nothing about race. The last time I looked up the word race, I think it was horse racing, people running track, whatever. It has nothing to do with skin complexion. That's something that's man-made, okay? I just want you to know that. Now, I want you to see this here. To show you a fact, the testimony of the ancient scriptures and many, I mean, excuse me, Egyptologists, along with archaeology, confirms that the Egyptians during the time were a so-called black people. This is important to know as we continue. We see that the scripture on multiple occasions described the ancient Hebrews as looking like the Egyptians in physical appearance. Now, next in Genesis chapter fifty, verses. 7 to 11. Scripture would describe all the Hebrews as looking like the Egyptians. After Yaakov died in the land of Egypt, all the Hebrews, listen carefully, all the Hebrews and the Egyptians went down to the land of Canaan to bury him. He asked his son to bury him in the land of Canaan, which his forefathers which uh, with his forefathers in Genesis chapter 49 29 to 30 verse 7 to 8 states that all the elders of Pharaoh's house and the elders of the land of Egypt along with all the Hebrews except for their small children went down now verse 9 says it was a very great company which means it was a large amount of people. Verse 11 states, 
that the Canaanites saw the possession and said, this is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. But remember, this was a mixed multitude of Hebrews and Egyptians to bury a Hebrew. And the Canaanites identified them both as being Egyptians. Why? Because the Canaanites saw a great company of black-skinned people who all looked alike. Black Egyptians, it's only logic that the Hebrews were mourning the hardest in the funeral procession for our father, Yaakov. This is who the Canaanites saw when they described this great mourning for Yaakov or Jacob, the Hebrew. They saw Israelites mourning the greatest, and they thought these Hebrews were Egyptians, okay? Just to explain that to you. In the Hebrew, in Hebrews, were, if the, well, let me just gonna say this. If the Hebrews were a white people, as we have been led to believe, the Canaanites, who were familiar with both the Hebrews and the Egyptians, would have acknowledged them both by saying, this is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians and the Hebrews. Without doubt, white Hebrews would have stuck out like a sore thumb among the black Egyptians. The Canaanites never identified the Hebrews separately from the Egyptians. The scripture goes on to say that the Canaanites named the place where they saw the great morning of mourning for a Hebrew, Abel Mizraim, which means the metals of Egypt, Mizraim, or mourning of the Egyptians, or the mourning of the Egyptians. Now let's go to the greatest and most famous story about the Israelites sojourn in the land of Egypt. This would be the story of Moses or Moshe. Many years after the death of Yosef, his brothers, and all that generation that entered Egypt during the time he was viceroy, the Hebrew population in Egypt grew tremendously. And because of this, they was no longer looked upon as a friendly neighbor. The Egyptians now considered them hostile enemies and enslaved them. Because of the Hebrew population growth, the Egyptians decided they would impose upon them their own form of birth control. Pharaoh made a decree that all Hebrew boys are killed at birth. Now, as I told you before, spiritual warfare, there's nothing new under the sun. This is happening to most of the women, if y'all listening, this is happening to your sons right now. They're either being imprisoned or they're getting shot in the street by one another or they're being shot down by the police. Okay? No longer is there a father in the house. Think about that. Everyone that is born has a mother and a father, but it's that father there for them. No, they did everything in their power to keep the father out of the son's or daughter's lives. Why? Ask that question. I say critical thinking is what we need to be doing. Why is this happening? What is going on in this world? Why are they doing this? This is their form of birth control. This is their form, but I will get into that at a later date. 
Now Exodus chapter 1, 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Okay, this brings us directly to the story of Moshe, or Moses, as y'all may know him. Okay, now Moses was born a Hebrew, all right, from the tribe of Levi. Now, Levi was the tribe of peace, a priest, okay? They was a tribe of priests. Exodus 21, verse 3, he spent 40 years in the house of Pharaoh. Acts 7, 23, and was raised as Pharaoh's grandson. Okay. <laughs> now, many say, and many scholars say, the Pharaoh who was on the throne of Egypt at the time of Moshe's birth was Pharaoh Seti I. He was the father of Ramses II, also known as Ramses the Great. Okay, now I had to go ahead and do a little research for this. And this is why I'm bringing you this information. I'm bringing you information from historical documents and from the scriptures. Okay, which you know today as the Bible. This is written in there. It's right there for you to see. All you have to do is critically think. It's telling you. But these stories are not told to you for some reason. They are not being told to you in the churches, in the synagogues where you may go to, the Catholic churches. But then again, at the same time, the Catholic church too boasts of a lot of things. They tell you about Miriam, which her name was, but well, Jesus' mother, they call him Jesus. <laughs> That's not his name. His name was Yahushua. Yahshua, okay? Yahshua is the name of the Messiah. Okay, as I told you before, there was not a letter J at that time in history. So there is no way, no how, it could have been called Jesus. It's a fact. Look it up. Do the research yourself. That's what I ask you to do. We have all this information. They call this the information age. And today I still wonder why people are not doing the research, taking things for face value, taking things what pastor said, the reverend said, bishop said, or father said, and never ask questions. I remember when I was young, I asked a question. I asked a specific question. If, if God love us, how come he let this happen to us? And I was told, pray on it. He will give you the answer. But you know what? If you start reading the scriptures, your Bible, you will understand. Pray and ask for understanding from the Most High Yah. He will give you understanding. I'm not going against no one person, no one people. I am not prejudiced in no shape, form, or fashion. But it would be crazy for me not to acknowledge that I do love my people. And I want them to know the truth of who they are. 
Because once you know who you are, nobody can take that away from you. Walk with your head high. Okay? Men, my brothers, start protecting your women. Start protecting your neighborhoods. Because they're out to get you. They're trying to make you distinct. Okay? That's just my little tidbit I like to add in. Now, George Rollison, an English author, wrote a book entitled The History of Egypt. On page 252, he gives a description of Seti the first. He states, Seti's face was thoroughly African. He had a stormy face with a depressed flat nose, thick lips, and a heavy chin. Moses had the same physical characteristics because, again, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh as Pharaoh's grandson. For 40 years, he looked at this man as a boy. He said, that's my grandson. 10 years later, he said, that's my grandson. Another 10 years later, he said, that's my grandson. How can you claim someone who don't look anything like you? You have to know the truth. And as it says in scripture, the truth shall set you free. That's what the Messiah meant by that. You have to unlock the truth. Because these are things people are not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you this. Please be educated and educate yourself on scripture. Because everything that's going on right now was prophesied over 2,000 years ago. And look, and to this day... (laughs) We're still reaping what happened then, okay? Now, I just want you to know that I'm going to stop right here, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to put up another podcast this day to continue this talk that we're talking about right now. And I just want you to know the truth, And if you don't believe me, I challenge you to do the research. Don't take what I say. Don't take what no man said. Do the research yourself. And when you show yourself approved, and when you see the truth, know the truth, know that the truth will set you free. I'm here to give you nothing but truth. I'm not trying to blanket you to follow me or whatever the case may be I appreciate you listening but the fact of the matter is if this reach one person and one person start doing their research that's a blessing that's a blessing in itself again my name is Elder Antonia Israel and I pray that you get spiritual understanding that you understand where I am coming from And what the scripture is saying to you. Pray for understanding my people. And I thank you for listening. Again. I would like to say. Shabbat Shalom. Peace be to all of you. And on this Shabbat day. Hallelujah. Thank you.